Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Welcome to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. I am thrilled to be with you guys today. I am so thrilled. This moment is a moment that I have been waiting for since August 2021. What? Yes, we are in a new year. Happy New Year to you if I hadn't said it already. And I, when I saw this young lady, I happened to go and talk to her at the pre-meeting uh, for triathlon, like, you know, the meeting that happens before the race, the pre, uh, you know, the pre-trial meeting, the pre-race meeting. I couldn't get that together, but y'all know what I mean. And so I happened to see her. I was like, oh my God, hey, brown girl, hey. And I thought she was a teenager. I had no idea who I was encountering, but I'm about to tell you who. This young lady is a graduate from Battlefield High School with an advanced diploma with the governor's gold seal. She is a member, an inaugural member of the USA Triathlon Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Access Advisory Council. She is a collegiate athlete herself. She is the amazing Sade Sedona Smith. Sade, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with you. You are so <laughs> adorable. And I just say this all the time when I see you because you're just your calming presence just makes everything okay. It's like, I just want to give you a hug through this, through this thing. And just be like, Hey girl, hi. Well, we're going to get right to it because I know you're a busy college student. Sade, you have been doing triathlon since you were seven years old now. Yes. What I need to clarify is that that is not seen that often. No, no. So tell me about how did you get started so young? All right. So I started off um, with swimming and I was just on my uh, local neighborhood um, team. And one summer they decided to um, have some of the swimmers enter in a triathlon. So I was one of the uh, swimmers who decided to join and I didn't really know anything about the sport at the time. So I just thought it was a fun activity I was doing one Saturday morning. And I ended up really enjoying it. So um, I told my parents that I liked that. And I continued to race over the next few summers. And eventually I decided to join a triathlon team and make triathlon um, my primary sport. How cute, <laughs> How cute is that? So primary sport. So you're in your summer team. Did you have a bike? And if you didn't, how did you get a bike? Right. So I did have a bike. It was 
just a bike I rode around the neighborhood with my friends. So I used that in my first race. I had to learn um, how to ride without my trainer wheels, actually. So that was a new beginning for me. And then eventually um, I, um, I just adapted. And once I start, started getting more serious into the sport, my parents helped me and get a new gear. So eventually I got a new bike and proper running shoes, of course. So it, it all worked out. So you mean to tell me you couldn't go out and run in your Air Force Ones? Nope, I could not. <laughs> not, not practically. <laughs> I mean, it could happen if you needed to out of necessity, but I get it. Of course. <laughs> That's so cute. Okay, so seven years old, you're riding your bike and you technically don't even know how to ride a bike because you still had on training wheels. So talk about what it was like to have to learn how to ride a bike very quickly, I'm assuming, to enter into this triathlon. So um, I, once I found out I was doing my first triathlon, I had my dad help me learn how to ride my bike without training wheels. So he took me to a parking lot in my neighborhood. And of course I had a few falls, but I would get right back up and learn. And um, it didn't take long, luckily. So um, that later that summer, I was able to race with, um, without my training wheels and uh, ride a bike properly. So Sade, what I want to help the audience out and those who are viewing, seven years old is not that long ago for you. So tell us, how old are you now? Right now I'm 19. 19 years old. You learned how to ride a bike at seven. You decided then that that was going to be your main sport because you had so much fun. Aren't you so glad that you took... It was one of those volunteers that said, yes, I want to do this triathlon. I'll try something new. Right. Yes. I'm very glad. I, I wouldn't have been able to learn about the sport without that opportunity. Wow. You tried beginner's luck and you still lucky. <laughs> Ew. This is what it's all about. I love that you tried it. You said, man, I like this. And this was at seven years old where you're still at that you know, formidable stage where you can do anything that you want to do. And you made the decision to try to do three sports, which isn't easy because that requires practice and discipline. Let's talk about what was that like as a child saying, hey, I want to do this. And did you get to still watch cartoons on the weekends or what happened? Like, how did you say, I want to do this and I'm dedicated and disciplined to do this? Right. So I was always really into athletics as a kid and I played travel soccer and um, before triathlon. So I was swimming and playing soccer. And before I decided to make triathlon my focus, I was still playing soccer, but I told my parents I wanted to switch to triathlon because I liked the aspect that it was three sports. So I wasn't doing the same thing every day. And eventually I, when I joined my team, I had um, my schedule down. So I was able to work everything out where I would have time for school, of course, make time for my family and friends and still get training. Okay. So you said team, what type of team are you talking about? Right. So in middle school, when I was 13, I joined a triathlon club called Endorphin Fitness, who um, I stayed with throughout middle school and high school. And um, originally they were based out of Richmond, Virginia. So that is about two hours from me because they're there aren't a lot of options, or at least at that time, there weren't a lot of options in Northern Virginia, where I'm from. So, um, it was a little bit of a commute, I'd say, but I was able to have virtual training with my coaches 
and then uh, it's still get, um, practice time with a group of athletes. Okay. I hear so much in this and I'm probably wild because <laughs> when I was 13 years old, child, I was not trying to hear any of this. However, <laughs> you lived in Northern Virginia, you traveled to Richmond occasionally. And just to put that in a frame of mind, that's probably about an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes, or heck, if you're on 95, it's probably four hours. Cause I'm telling you that traffic is horrible <laughs> to practice and to meet with your coaches. And I love endorphin fitness. I had my first encounter with endorphin fitness in 2021 um, as I was training for Maryland and I did one of their training camps and Erin was such a delight. I love her. Hey, Erin and endorphin fitness, but wow, that's so cool. So what was it like to train in this high performance training team? Tell us about that experience. That was a really fun, great experience. I was able to learn a lot because I was still very new to the sport and, um, the coaches there taught me so much and I still use all of their advice today. So they able, they're able to show me um, technique for bike handling skills and um, my form, they critique all of that. So um, I learned a lot from them and being able to practice with the team definitely helped a lot because I was training alone for so long. Okay. So you still use what they taught you today. So does that mean that you're still competitive? And competing in sports. Correct. Yes. So right now I'm a sophomore in college and I'm still competing in triathlons um, at Damon College um, in their collegiate triathlon program. Wow. Now, because I know you, that means you recently transferred, right? Correct. Yes. Wow. I was previously. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. So I did transfer. I was previously at East Tennessee State University for my freshman year. And um, I transferred um, my fall semester and now I'm at Damon. Wow. So transferred, I'm going to use the word transition because that's what okay. we do in our sport. We, so you transition to a new school for whatever reason, and now you're on the path that's going to help you get to what the des next destination. What is that destination that you want to go to? What, where do you see yourself in sport? Right. So I am still competing in triathlon today because I want to continue to do it after college. And this opportunity is helping me get there. So I am planning on continuing to work hard in the sport and eventually um, see where that goes from now. Um, eventually race more national or international races and um, uh, hopefully earn my elite card in one day. Elite card. That's what I was trying to hint at. I was like, where is it going with this? So let me ask you this, because again, I'm trying beginner's luck by having this podcast. And even though I'm in my second season, I still feel like a beginner. Elite, is there a difference between elite and professional? No, the other terms are interchangeable. Well, look at there. So <laughs> tell me about your... What are your goals in terms of wanting to get to the elite status? Like, what is it that you want to accomplish when getting to the elite status? Because I think there's different levels. Like, do you want to race long course or do you want to race, you know, mid distance or do you want to race the shorter sprint? So tell me about what it is that your goals are. Um, well, right now I'm racing sprint distance triathlons and I haven't raced anything longer than that. 
I'm definitely willing to try that one day. But right now, that's what I am familiar with. So um, with that being said, I would most likely continue on that path of racing sprint distance in the future until I'm ready to start training for longer distances. Wow. So growing up, did was there anybody that you could say that you admired that you wanted to be like? Right. Growing up, I I knew that triathlon was a smaller community and it wasn't normal to see a lot of triathletes in the media. So I didn't have a specific role model in that sport, but I definitely looked up to swimmers such as Simone, um, Simone Manuel and I looked up to her, but when I was in high school, I also looked up to Gwen Jorgensen and I loved her story of her running in college and then deciding to try triathlons. And she made such um, a monumental pathway for triathlon. So I really looked up to her as well. I look up to her too. She's quite incredible. And what I want to ask you is because you didn't have anybody in sport to truly look up to because the community was so small, how did that make you feel? Um, Honestly, I never thought much about it growing up. I knew that my sport was unique and I thought of that as a way to have more opportunities to spread awareness and just show other people that this is a sport that people do. So I just thought of it as a way to try something new and teach other people about this new sport that I was a part of. That is so dope. So <laughs> in terms of teaching people about this new sport, this is a, um, a podcast for beginners and those who just love to learn, what would you tell a beginner that's just trying out now that you've been in sport for a while? Yes. So I would say that um, with triathlon being three sports, it definitely takes discipline and um, a well like put in place schedule. So it's better to plan your days or weeks in advance so you know exactly what you'll be doing as far as training and balancing everything so that's definitely one aspect to it and as far as leading into the race as a beginner I would say that it's important to make sure they are focused on every aspect of the race and not just one leg of the triathlon because each leg is equally important that's true they are mm-hmm. equally important, right? I had to think about that. I said, hmm, they are. Mm-hmm. But what would you say if they had, say, a strong suit in running versus biking versus swimming in reverse order? Like their strong suit was running, biking right. was okay, and swimming was like, ooh, help me. How would you tell them to, like, what would you tell them to motivate them? Right. Um, I definitely had that thought process even now of having one leg my race being the weaker link per se. So I personally would just um, let them know that if they want to continue on with the sport and see where that goes, then they can put in um, more training um, time into swimming if that's what they want to focus on. And eventually it'll pay off to help them during their race. You, you right on the money, my friend, you, you, you are so, I guess I would say far beyond your years with wisdom about this sport. And, you know, I look at you and I am just a few years older than you. 
And that, one, that laugh right. is a little too hard. I don't even like it. Don't be laughing at me like that. Nope, nope not laughing. Oh, she not laughing. Y'all look at that. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. Um, but I, I think about, and I thought about this a lot during season one. What would it have been like if I could have been introduced to this sport a little earlier? And although being in sports as a young girl, I wasn't, uh, I did sports. I was okay at them. I excelled more so in swimming, but I didn't take it further because of vainness. I mean, I'm going to be real. I didn't take it further because of vainness and I chose a different path, which was music. So I went to school on a music scholarship and that was my pathway. Cause I was like, I'm good at that. That's what I want to do. However, as an adult, triathlon has changed my life significantly. And would you say that had you stayed only on the trajectory of swimming, would you be where you are today? Or would you have perhaps quit? And if so, how would you view the future in terms of what would you have done or what would you do to I guess re-engage. That question sounds weird in my head. So I'm sure you probably are confused by it too. <laughs> do you, you get what I'm saying in terms I, of yes. what would you do? Like say for instance, if triathlon wasn't available to you, like how would you, or if it was available, but maybe you had access issues, like how would you kind of deal with that? Right. So I'd say if I was not able to participate in triathlons at that age and start, start off at such a young age, I would most likely still have been swimming until high school, but I, I don't see myself um, pursuing that in college. I, I wouldn't think that would happen. I think I would have focused on um, my studies, which I'm studying physical therapy right now. So I think I still would have been on that track. And um I, <laughs> I know that that is the case for a lot of people where they know about the sport of triathlon, but they don't know where to find access or even just where to start. So I can see that happening for a lot of people. Oh, physical therapy. Um, I love that about uh, what you're doing. You're keeping it all in the family of sport and things of that nature. Girl, you are on it. My goodness. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I was as... Um, I've always been inquisitive as in nature, but really having more direction. I feel like I've been one of those that have just been throwing darts, right? And just saying, okay, if that works, then get it. What would you say for where you are today? One thing you wish you would have known when you were starting. Um, what would you I, tell younger Sade? Sorry. What would you tell younger Sade? Right. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I would most likely at that age, I really did not know anything. So I would have told myself a lot <laughs> about this quarter triathlon. Um, one major takeaway that I think would have been great to know at that time would be that the triathlon community, since it is so small, it's very, welcoming so once I started um competing in triathlons I was able to see the same faces again and then grow bonds with those people and just learn a lot from the people I was meeting 
And that's a really exciting feeling to know that you are a part of something bigger than just yourself while being in that sport. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I tell you, you uh, don't cease to stop amazing me. And that could be all wrong too, but y'all know by now season one is done. So, you know, I'm liable to say anything that might not be wrong. Cause you know, you're, you're doing this live. You're, you're running off the top of your head. And at this point, I'm just like, wow, I'm just so grateful that you are where you are. Thank you. I'm so grateful that Sika is where she is. I'm so yes. grateful that Khadija is where she is and more women are coming into the fold and able to have more representation because representation matters. And to the point of so many who said this before me is that when you see someone who looks like you, it makes you more eager to want to try it and pursue it. And so speaking of that, you mentioned earlier that you didn't necessarily have someone in the sport that you could look up to, but you're on an advisory committee. So you're on the USA Triathlon's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Access Advisory Committee. So you get to help change the trajectory of the sport. Right, exactly. How cool is that? Very, very, very exciting. So what is your role? Tell me what you do on that committee. Right. So I was asked to be a part of that committee um, the summer of 2020, and I was thrilled to see that email that I was going to be a part of the committee in the council. And then I was even more excited once I learned who was on that council because uh, Gwen Jorgensen, who I mentioned before, she is a part of the council and I looked up to her. So uh, learning that information was really exciting. But when we started meeting, I was able to hear what other people on the council were saying and what their plans were to continue um, spreading information about triathlon and showing representation in the sport because that's definitely lacking in our sport and this multi-sport community. So I was very grateful to be a part of that. So we have meetings on Zoom right now and we talk about initiatives that we want to bring to the sport and other opportunities that we can provide to people who are looking to participate in triathlons or just learn information about triathlons and um, the past two years, uh, we have had um, summits, virtual summits where we have spread information about the triathlon community. And I was able to be a part of that. This past year in November, I was um, one of the speakers at the summit and I shared um, a PowerPoint presentation on representation and why um, inclusivity matters in the sport. So I was very grateful to have the opportunity. Girl, I am blown away again. So, yes, <laughs> I'm cracking myself up because I'm just like, man, you are doing it. So you did a presentation. I unfortunately this year, I missed that one because I was out of town and I wish I could have seen it because I'd have been like, that's my Shana. That's my girl. <laughs> Tell me, let's talk about what you said in there, because I want to be able to help those who are listening, who may want to understand more about diversity. And I'm really into diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, and, you know, giving people opportunities. So tell me more about what you talked about, because it could help somebody who's listening or viewing. Right. 
Yes. So I talked about representation and specifically in the media and why that was important because as you know, seeing people who look like you and doing the sport that you're involved in, that helps motivate you. And it shows that you could be in their steps one day, be in their shoes one day. So I thought that was a major um, topic to cover. So I was able to talk about diversity coverage in the media and um, just explain why it was important. And then I was able to share my story because that's another thing that uh, should be shared in the media because if you're sharing your story, other people might be able to relate from it or just take anything from that and go from there. So I thought that was um, important to share. That it is important to share. And what would have been, um, how are you helping to move the needle forward? Because you're on this committee. So what actions and steps are you taking kind of like in your own community to move the needle forward? Right. So previously I have held swim lessons and swim clinics to um, younger um, children in my neighborhood and like my local community where I would introduce swimming to them and talk about water safety and then um, introduce the sport of triathlon. And uh, quite a few of them have come back to me and said that they continue swimming after that and they want to start triathlons. And that was really all I could ask from that because I just wanted to share my sport with other young minority athletes specifically and get them involved in the sport of triathlon. And more recently, I have started doing a monthly blog with USA Triathlon where I talk about representation and media coverage and just building the gap between diversity and the sport of triathlon. I know you guys are probably like, Mashonda, don't say it. Wow. But I am. <laughs> Girl, this is just, I'm blown away by your thoughtfulness and your heart to want to give back. I see you and I admire and just encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. You are making a difference. You inspire me. I get to watch you race. I've, you know, called you into many finish lines with Kinetic Multisports. And it's a joy to see you when you show up because you remind me of a younger, more fitter version of myself. You know, <laughs> but I, I love to see that. And I hope that someone else who's out there with their parents and they're coming to watch you perform and watch you race, that they can see themselves in you as well and be like, man, I want to be like Sade. Or they can see an article that you wrote or see you on the media, you know, as you're perhaps commentating or giving, you know, a speech of some sort. And they'd be like, well, what does she do? I want to be like her. So I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. I believe that you're doing a fantastic job and uh, continue to be your best advocate because you're advocating for yourself and you're proven to do that with your transition. You know, you, you advocated for yourself because you wanted something different. You wanted something better. Whatever that was that you wanted, you advocated for yourself and you're in an environment where you can succeed based off of your metrics of what you wanted. And that's the importance of being your best advocate. So, and you know, for that matter, being a good advocate, let's tell somebody who's a beginner, 
how to be a good advocate for themselves in this sport, whether they are in high school listening to this, their parents have them listening to it or in college or an adult, how should someone be their best advocate? Great. So with the sport of triathlon, I think that being your own advocate is, goes a long way. And with that, you have to have self-motivation because you are doing this for yourself. And if you want to improve and continue to grow in the sport, then you have to just make sure you're on top of your training and just keep pushing yourself to want to do better and strive to do better in the future. That's good. I have so many more questions that I would love to ask you, but I know that I want you to study because I want you to (laughs) do great, continue to um, work on your physical therapy degree, become a doctor of physical therapy, as well as be a pro triathlete out here in these streets. (laughs) You have such a bright future, but I can't let you go before um, I give a little bit of a highlight reel of some of the accomplishments that you've accomplished because you've done some things, girl. <laughs> Thank or, you. Or do you want to brag on yourself? You want me to brag on you or do you want to brag no, on you yourself? can go ahead. You can go ahead. I was really hoping that you would brag on yourself. Okay. Okay. Here I go. Okay. Sade joined her team at East Tennessee State University in 2020, 2021, and was the first African-American in division one triathlon. She completed and was recognized and as a scholar, all American by college triathlon coaches association. She was a member of the East Tennessee state university's win leadership committee and was serving as a liaison. She accepted a presidential scholar and entered an accelerated doctor of physical therapy program at Damon College. She has represented Team USA at World Championships in Denmark, Spain, and Switzerland in duathlons and triathlons, and has remarkable finishes in the top 10 at the World Championships. And this young lady is 19 years old. You can't tell me she's not going places. So now that I've had an opportunity to brag on you, this is the fun part of our triathlon. It's called rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. You don't have to think too hard about them. Whatever comes to mind first is what I would like for you to say. You ready? Okay, great. Yes. All right. What's your favorite leg of the triathlon? I would say the bike. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, what's your favorite? Because your races, your trainings are kind of like more condensed, right? So Correct. when you're working out, do you listen to music, audiobooks, or like silence? I, if I'm working out alone, music. And with my team, usually silence. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite thing about being a college triathlete? I love the aspect that I'm able to train with my teammates every day. What is the worst thing about being a college triathlete? Um, Just finding time to balance school and training sometimes, but usually uh, with the help from from my coach, I can balance that pretty well and easily. 
As of today, what inspires you? Uh, I'm inspired by just showing or making a pathway for the youth to come and just spread awareness for triathlon and um, specifically minority athletes to join the triathlon community. Okay. Because I love music, <laughs> what, who is your favorite artist? We'll start there. Um, that's a great question. I would probably say, um, I can, that's a very hard question, actually. Um, I would say uh, Bruno Mars. Okay. I love Bruno too, girl. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was about to have a fangirl moment over Bruno. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I promise I need to get better. Okay. What, who, what is your, see how, see how I, I get myself off track. What is your favorite song? Um, I would say my favorite song is, hmm, I like self-care by Mac Miller. That's my favorite song. Okay. Okay. Self-care. So <laughs> speaking of self-care, yeah. what is your favorite thing to do for self-care? Um, a lot of rest and just, um, taking care of myself. So, um, recovery and good food, basically <laughs> anything to make me feel better. You're feeding right into my next question. What is your favorite food? My favorite food is any type of pasta, really. But um, I'd say chicken alfredo is my favorite. Meal. I love it. Now, what's your favorite post-workout food? Uh, post-workout, I can't go wrong with pizza. I feel like it's at a lot of races. So uh, it's usually my go-to. And... For my final question, what mm -hmm. is the best thing about triathlon to you? Um, my favorite thing about triathlon is the um, community that is around it and how I'm just able to meet so many people and have a lot of connections through the sport. I love it. Sade, <laughs> Sedona, Smith. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy college schedule to chat with me. I am so excited for the work that you will be doing with USA uh, Triathlon Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Access uh, Advisory Council. Thank you for having a heart to serve, a heart to give back, and to see others, and to pull up the youth. Keep doing what you're doing. Now, if people wanted to stay in contact with you or follow you, where should they follow you? Um, I would say I'm most active on Instagram and my username is um, S-A-D-E dot Smith with two H's. <laughs> and that's for Instagram? Yes. And then for Facebook, uh, my uh, handle would be S-A-D-E-S-E-D-O-N-A. -E Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. One more thing though, are you still giving clinics for the youth and will you be doing it summer? And is that something that you want to continue to do? And if so, how can people find out about your clinics? Right. I have been doing them over the past few summers. I did take a break 
with COVID just um, for safety, but I plan on doing them again next summer. I have not worked out the details yet, but I'm always open to meeting new people and um, um, just providing that skill for others. So um, if they want to reach out to me, I'd say social media, they can reach out to me through there. <laughs> awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Miss Sade Sedona Smith. <laughs> Thank you girls so much. And until next time, oh, I can't close out. See, look at me getting all caught up. Remember <laughs> to try beginner's luck. Every time you try beginner's luck, you always win. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to us. And until next episode, I'm Ashonda and I'm out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.